hello and welcome back to an episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you today discussing the words of Christ's chosen leaders. So let's get right into it. So once again, I'm a little bit late with this episode uh, by a few days this time instead of just one. Um... This week was really weird in my life, <laughs> um, and crazy and busy. My schedule has been changing with job, new jobs and, and things like that. So, um, coming out to a couple of days later than I would have liked to have this posted, but here we are. And we are on the second talk of the Saturday evening session, Focus on Jesus Christ by Elder Camargo. Sorry, Brother Camargo. Um, and as always, I encourage you to listen to or read this talk before you come and listen to me talk about it so you can get your own inspirations and direction and promptings and things like that. Um, and then hopefully I can add something to your study that you might not have thought of. So... I'm going to jump right into this talk. Uh, it was a really, really good talk. And he starts out his very first line um, was kind of like hits you in the face. He says, my father used to tell me, don't focus so intensely on your problems that you can't see the solution. And that hit me because I do that. <laughs> I think it very much a call out for me personally. Um, I think we all do that sometimes, right? We are so deep in problems, we're so deep in trials that it's hard for us to like look at the big picture and see the solution or see the good that's coming out of it or anything like that, right? Uh, that's why people go to therapy <laughs> because when you're talking to somebody who is not in your life, like not so, like they don't, they don't hold any stakes, right? Your, your therapist does not know you outside of therapy. There's a reason for that. <laughs> like you're not supposed to know them outside of therapy. Um, so they have a, a not purely objective, but more objective view of what's going on in your life. And they can say, well, well, what about this? And you'd be like, wow, I've never thought of it that way before. So he goes on to talk about how Christ is the solution to even our most difficult problems. Um, and that we should focus on Christ rather than our problems. Christ is our solution, right? So he talks about four specific problems that everybody faces that none of us can solve on our own, but that the Lord helps us with, that Christ's atonement helps us with. Physical death, uh, tribula tribulations, difficult experiences, sadness, pain, and unfairness in the world, spiritual death, sin, um, and our limited imperfect natures. And he gives, you know, how Christ helps with those four things. <laughs> and then, he says this. Unfortunately, 
Too often we concentrate so much on our own problems that we lose focus on the solution, our Savior Jesus Christ. How do we avoid that mistake? I believe the answer lies in the covenants we are invited to make with him and our Father in heaven. And so he goes on to talk about covenants. Um, and how our covenants can help focus our attention, our thoughts, and our actions on Christ. And I I don't think I had ever really thought of that before. I love this way that he talks about this because often I feel like we talk about covenants, covenants and ordinances, um, ordinances specifically, but also, I mean, ordinances are are tied to our covenants, right? Um, we talk about them as checklists. You know, oh, you're eight, you get baptized, check. You are 18 or you're going on a mission or you're getting married, um, you get your endowments, check, and your initiatory, right? You make those covenants and eventually, possibly, you get sealed, check. And it's like, we're done. <laughs> um, and But they're not. They're not a goal, right? It's, uh, they're stepping stones, they're, they're helps, they're kind of guideposts to our ultimate goal of becoming like Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. And they help us do that, right? In making these covenants, we are brought closer to Jesus Christ and God and and closer to who they are, closer to becoming like them. Um, and it was just that one little sentence, our covenants help us focus our attention, our thoughts, and our actions on Christ. And I had never really thought of it that way before. And it, um, I don't know, it just like clicked something in my brain. It like turned a knob, it flipped a switch. And I, and I thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. Um, so he says specifically in this little section, he says covenant, covenant keeping leads us to seek after whatever invites the influence of the spirit and reject whatever drives it away. For we know that if we can be worthy of the presence of the Holy Ghost, we can also be worthy to live in the presence of Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. This may mean that we have to change our vocabulary using kinder words. It could mean replacing spiritually unhealthy habits with new habits that strengthen our relationship with the Lord, such as daily prayer and scripture study, individually and with our family. And... I really liked the last half of that paragraph specifically because he doesn't talk about doing more. He talks about making changes and that is something that I have had to work on in my life. And I've talked about this in many, many episodes, <laughs> um, but not, I don't think so personally. This is something that I 
I ran into a lot as a missionary. We are asked to make goals um, every transfer, every month, every week, every day. And it got to be a lot because then you feel like you are measuring yourself based on whether you get your goals done, right? And if you get to the end of the day and you didn't hit one of your daily goals, you feel like a failure. And so it was really hard. And there are specific goals that are kind of set for you, not like, so you have what I call the standards of excellence. And so as a mission, um, there are goals for baptisms every month, people at church every week, people found every week, and invitations to be baptized every month. Oh my goodness, now I can't remember, but there are four of them. And so, like, our mission was one baptism per companionship every month. That was, like, the standard of excellence. And it was three people found, new, new people found to teach every week. And so, and of course, like, that wasn't, like, they didn't expect us to get that every single week, right? That was something to aspire to. And depending on the area that you were in and, you know, how many people there were to actually find and, and things like that, um, you would set your own goals as a companionship on how many people you wanted to find that week and how many people you wanted to invite to church, invite to be baptized, whatever. But there was still that kind of overarching expectation, if you will, that like, it almost felt like they were saying, well, if you're a good missionary, if you're good enough, if you're obedient enough, you'll get a baptism every month. You'll find three people every week. And it got to be really discouraging. And as I went through my mission, um, especially near the end, a lot of it was kind of cleared up and a lot of, especially during COVID and when we were, you know, doing a whole new level of missionary work, a whole new kind of missionary work that we've never done before. Um, there's a lot of different em emphases, emphases put on different things and I learned a lot about goals and I still have a very big love-hate relationship with goals, but I have less of a hate, more of a love relationship with goals. It fluctuates. But that was something that I learned a lot as a missionary was to work smarter, not harder. To make changes rather than to, like, push yourself. I don't want to say that because you should be pushing yourself, right? We're all striving to be better. But there's, it, there comes a point where it's unhealthy and you're doing more harm to yourself than good. There were very, there are many times as a missionary that I felt like I was giving everything, absolutely everything. And I was still like, I wasn't doing enough. I was still a failure. <laughs> I wasn't being successful. And I soon had a very strong testimony of work smarter not harder and that it's changes and even in the preach in preach my gospel 
Now they just new, they just put a new edition of Preach My Gospel out, so I don't know if this is in it. I haven't written new edition, but in the old edition, the edition that I was I had as a missionary first edition, there was a portion, a section, one of the chapters all about goal setting, and one of the like steps of goal setting was to evaluate, like to look back on the goals that you'd set, and see if you had if you had succeeded in them, if you hadn't reevaluate and either change your goal or change the way you were going about your goal and I remember giving a training on this I hope this all makes sense I'm kind of all over the place but I remember giving a training on this and that struck me so hard when I was giving that training that it never says to lower your goal it says to change it and so maybe maybe the changes that you lower it you, you know, this, this week, oh, we didn't find three last week. Either you lower it to one or two, or you change the way that you're finding. And so I really, really loved that the way that he talks about these things, um, changing your vocabulary, replacing spiritually unhealthy habits with new habits. Like, that's not a, you need to do more right? That's not a, you need to read more of your scriptures, you're not reading enough, or you need to go to the temple, you're not going enough. It's all very individual, so individual, that, you know, your scripture study, or your gospel study, or whatever, is going, my gospel study looks different than my husband's, than yours. It depends on your energy levels day to day, it depends on your mental health, it depends on your schedule, what it looks like, and he talks about that a little bit later that I want to get more into that as well, but but my one question, the one question I have for this this episode, this talk, is how can you make little changes in your life to focus more on the Savior? We're about halfway through this talk. I want you to think about, like, as I've been talking, everything that I talked about up here, up till here, and everything I'll talk about after. How can you make little changes in your life to focus more on the Savior? And it doesn't need to be that you're doing more, right? Um, it just means that it's different. You're working smarter, not harder. So, with that in mind, he talks specifically about um, how renewing our covenants during the sacrament is a great opportunity to help refocus. And... I also loved this little, like, compassionate kind of paragraph. He says, yes, we sometimes get distracted. We forget. We lose our focus. But renewing our covenants means that we want to always remember the Savior, that we will try to do so throughout the week, and that we will recommit and refocus on him again at the sacrament table next week. And I really loved that because there is also kind of this like perception of general authorities and general officers that they're kind of perfect right that they are always remembering their covenants they are always following their covenants they are keeping their covenants to a t they never forget christ they're always thinking about him they constantly are praying like there's just this like kind of perception and kind of put them up on this pedestal and i love that like yes we are going to get distracted we're going to forget we're going to lose our focus we're not perfect 
we're not going to be holding on to our covenant. We're not going to be following the gospel and the commandments to a T every single moment of our lives because we're human. That would mean that we're perfect and we're not. Um, but that when we are renewing our covenants, when we actively try on Sundays to remember our covenants, to try to do better next week, we're putting in the effort. We're trying. And that's what the Lord wants to see is our effort and our love for him and for the Savior. I thought that was just really beautiful. And then his last section is focusing on Christ in our homes. And he talks about Come Follow Me specifically and the promises that President Nelson made when he introduced Come Follow Me, which I thought were really beautiful. I don't remember. I mean, it's been five years. And so it was a good reminder of the promises that President Nelson made as he was introducing Come Follow Me. There were four promises. Your Sabbath days will be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn and live the Savior's teachings. The influence of the adversary in your life and in your home will decrease, and changes in your family will be dramatic and sustaining. And I thought those were really cool to like look back on and, you know, are those promises being fulfilled in your life? Um, not everybody, of course, um, has a family or children that they are studying Come Follow Me with. Um, but but as you have studied Come Follow Me, have those promises been like fulfilled in your life? Have you seen those changes in your life? I just thought that was really cool that he like reiterated those for us. And then he goes on to talk about how we can obtain those promises and talking about making our homes into sanctuary of faith and center of gospel learning. And he specifically talks about reading the scriptures. And this is like, as I was saying earlier, he goes into scripture study. He says there are there is no prescribed formula for perfect scripture study. It could be five or ten minutes each day or more if you can. It could be a chapter or a few verses a day. Some families prefer to study in the morning before they leave for school or work. Others prefer to read at night before bed. Some young couples have told me that they study individually on the way to work and then share insights with each other via text. Their comments and discussions are recorded. And I thought that those were really cool. Um, I just remember as a youth, like, I, it was definitely this era, right, of like, it's not, it just is just every day, right, just every day, what you, whatever you can do every day, but I always felt like there was kind of a prescription, there was kind of a like, at least one verse, or at least five verses, or at least five minutes, right, and It just, it felt very prescriptive. And so I love that he says, like, he said blatantly, there is no prescribed formula for perfect scripture study. Um, just that you do it <laughs> with whatever works for you in your schedule, with your family, with your 
individual however you learn, however, whatever helps you to focus. Um, for example, <laughs> um, my mission president's wife, who I absolutely adore, she loved studying by um, topic. So she would go, you know, I'm going to study about faith today. And she would either go to preach my gospel or to the um, index, triple combination, Bible dictionary, whatever, right? She would go to that subject and then she would study by topic. And I did that a few times um, when we were studying for like a specific lesson or a specific person, like somebody we were teaching had asked a question about something specific. I would definitely study by topic. <laughs> or if I was doing like the chapter in Preach My Gospel about Christ-like Christ attributes, I would study by topic. But what works best for me is studying chronologically, beginning to end. Um, reading the Book of Mormon over and over and over um, because then I knew it. I knew where to go and I knew the stories. And that was what really, I learned through stories. I learned through like chronological events and then how they changed people's lives. And so as I read from beginning to end, I saw the stories and then I also saw how they correlated with the stories that, that came before and after. And, um, and so then when I was like, oh, I need a story about peace, or I needed a scripture about peace or faith or whatever, I could be like, oh well, this this so and so person in this book of the book of book of the Book of Mormon, they learned about peace, or they learned about faith, or they learned about repentance. And so, while I did study that way sometimes, and I'm sure she studied chronologically as well, but I remember her being like, that really works for me. Like I really love studying by topic, and I was just not something that ever like it did. Like I use it, and I use it now. Um, but the best way for me to study would be studying it chronologically. And so it really is an individual process. It really is an individual thing. Um, focusing on Jesus Christ is a very individual thing. And um, he closes with his testimony about Christ again being the solution to our problems and that as we focus on him then you know we will become a, a faithful amazing people that will become more like Christ and more like Heavenly Father so to re restate my question um, I lost it. <laughs> I want to make sure I like say it the right way. How can you make little changes in your life to focus more on the Savior? Um, like I said, it doesn't need to be big. It could be big. It could be tiny. Um, it could be getting up five minutes earlier. It could be reading your scriptures during lunch instead of watching Netflix. I am guilty of that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but what little things can you do to focus more on the Savior? And then for further study, he had three talks from President Nelson in 
his footnotes. Overcome the world and find rest, which was October of last year, October 2020, 2022. Uh, so I have actually have an episode about that particular talk if you'd like to read that or watch that. Um, the opening remarks to the October 2018 General Conference and then Becoming Exemplary Latter-day Saints um, in the October 2018 conference. So two of those are from October 2018 and I believe that was when they announced Come Follow Me. So that's kind of where his quotes are coming from for those. But if you're looking for some extra study on some of the things we talked about today. Um, definitely go and look at those. Um, that's all I've got for you today for this talk, but thank you so much for watching and or listening to this episode. And as always, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I post there about new episodes coming up, coming out. You can also follow me on your podcatchers of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or subscribe on YouTube. And I love to hear your comments, emails, uh, messages, anything. I love to hear from you guys. It, it makes me really happy when I get to see my comments and um, connect with people, have conversations about General Conference. So. All of that will be in the show notes if you'd like to find me. And I will talk to you all next time.